Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. We are here talking about UFC Paris, or Paris, depending on what part of the world you are currently residing in. Like I said, my name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, we had a rough main event. Uh, we had a rough card overall, I'd say. not. We didn't get killed, but it was, we left a lot of uh, money out there on the table this weekend, I'd say. Yeah, I think gone inside the distance was what we should have been. <laughs> I yeah. know it's hindsight 2020, but uh, I mean... I think somebody said it before how Spivox or Spivak, 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 Spivak has, um, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty good when he's doing what he wants, but whenever he can't, whenever he's kind of has, has to fight a different kind of style that he's used to, he just folds. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, going back to, you know, the Aspinall fight was a little different, but, uh, the Walt Harris fight, the Marcin Tybora fight, it happens, you know, it, it happens to him multiple times. Even the Olenek fight got a little weird. So, um, yeah, I mean, he just gets fucking shelled, steamrolled. He landed one nice little shot, and, like, that was it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think Cyril Gaon, uh, I think it was the second largest disparity in, in strikes in heavyweight history. I could be wrong. It was up there. Uh, 109 to 11. So, I mean, he did the office for Sergey. Yeah, he did. 44 strikes in, what, 13 minutes, uh, 8 minutes, you know, only landing about a little bit above one strike per minute. That's... It's not going to get it done. Get zero gone. Yeah, and it just—he didn't really push the wrestling. He kind of just—it seemed like he knew he was fucked from the very from the time they, you know, uh, old Mark Goddard clapped his hands together and said like, "Let's go." He really yeah. didn't get inside, you know, di- didn't get in the danger zone at all. He kind of just stayed on the outside and. Exactly the fight that Cyril Gaon was going to have success with. That's how it played out. I mean, he tried a couple takedowns. How many takedown uh, attempts did it? Does it say he had one? Yeah, and he, he, kept, he dove at him. Yeah, and he he, he kind of had the leg, but Cyril Gaon sprawled and was able to get away from him. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked good. You know, I just think it was probably he was probably supposed to look good in this fight, but he did look good. You know, it's 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 definitely a far cry from where he was in the John Jones fight, you know, sitting down and putting himself in a guillotine, or you know. Just the the mistakes he makes. Um, I mean, he look, first off, he is huge. He I feel is. like it's it's uh, it's understated because he moves so well and he's so good. And some people also don't, you know, are, are soured on him after the the John Jones fight. But I feel like it's understated how large he is. Like his shoulders and his back are huge. Like he's a massive man, and uh, he doesn't throw like heat that much. He doesn't throw that hard that much, like you know Sergey Pavlovich does. But he hits hard. You know, he has a good. Uh, good try. I think his hands have gotten a lot better. Uh, obviously, his kicks are good. I think he can be caught because he throws a lot of lazy kicks. I see it a lot. And it, maybe it's part of his game. He's just kind of you know, throwing it out there. But I feel like there's going to be some time where somebody explosive is going to be able to time that and either take him down or just you know hit him with a big a big shot, kind of like how Toy, Va- Toy, uh, Toy Vasa did. So I still think he has some you know some ways to go, but you can't really teach that athleticism at what two sixty two sixty five. You know it's not like he's two twenty two thirty. Um, goes to the body, goes to the head, goes to the legs. Like he really mixes it up uh, when he fights. He pretty much did that against Sergey Spivak: forty four percent to the head, thirty five to the body, twenty to the leg. So just a clinic, really a, a kickboxing, a striking 
clinic. And, uh, yeah, I think he probably, he probably gets a, what, a number one conspiracy fight with Pavlovich or Almeida or Aspinall. Aspinall, yeah. I, I, th- I yeah. have a feeling it's going to be Aspinall just because how That'd it be works pretty out. big, man. Put it in England or something. I don't know. Yeah, because if you look, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at that heavyweight rankings, uh, he already beat Volkov. He already beat Tuivasa. You know, Blades is just there at this point. Yeah. And it's Aspinall, Stipe, and Pavlovich. So it's like, you know, Almeida's down there. He's hanging out. But uh, when, when I think Jal- when is Jalton? Is he supposed to fight Curtis Blades soon? Is that? I believe, yeah. I don't know when. Sometime in the near future, I, I, I know. I know that fight is made, so it's only it a matter like of time. It looks like it's going to – I was going to headline the event in Sao Paulo. Wow. And, um, in Brazil. I mean, that crowd's going to be crazy for him. I don't know what they're going to be saying. The Paris crowd was saying stuff like, if you're not jumping up, you're not French. Yeah. That was like their chant. In Brazil, it's like, we're going to fucking kill you. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So, you are going, they're literally chanting, you are going to die. <laughs> November 4th in the, uh, the much-anticipated uh, number one-ish contenders fight for the heavyweight. Well, not really, but a, uh, a, a big step. A big move for both fighters. I mean, if if Blades beats Almeida, that's huge, you know. And obviously, if Almeida beats Blades, um, that's also big for him. He's already moving up quick. Uh, what is he ninth right now? And he probably, I mean, you know, he should be ahead of Spivak, Volkov, Toivasa. So, right on the precipice of the top five. Yeah, we got it's a couple different things need to shake out before we really get a clear view of what's next for uh, all these guys, but. I mean, like you said, though, there's really not much to say other than Gon put on an absolute uh, just clinic. It was a striking clinic. Like you said, he mixed it up. He was landing from the outside wherever he wanted. And Spivak just kind of, he, he seemed like deer in the headlights a little bit, especially towards like this later half of that first round. And then once the second round, it was basically, I'm just standing here and waiting to get beat up because it just, it got worse and worse as the time went on because I think Gon realized yeah. there's nothing really threatening coming back my way even in the even in the form of a takedown it wasn't even really Nothing. close Spivak kind of I don't want to say he quit but it seemed like mentally he's like all right man this ain't going to be my night like I, I gotta get yeah. out. I mean he stood there and he took a little bit of a beating but there was nothing really being thrown back uh, of consequence and it wound up you know gone with a dominant dominant performance keeps that you know tied for number one I guess is the uh what it says on the website, which that kind of is weird, but whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, he's going to be tough. Like you said, I, I'm done underestimating him. I wish I would have, you, you know, kind of been smart about this. But, you know, sometimes you get caught in a sucker bet, and that's what uh, that's what we did this past week. So apologies to everyone out there. One one bet we didn't get caught in a sucker bet. Mayon Faroe, dude. Decision. Easy, easy, easy money work. for the boys. Uh, I think it was a 29-28. I don't even know where... I mean, I, I, a thirty twenty seven could be argued. I don't really know where people were saying that Rose got robbed. Uh, I think she yeah. looked be- better in the second half of the fight, but I still think uh, Mannion was having success, and I thought she was getting the upper hand. And if anyone saw the picture, you should look it up of Rose's pinky. What it looked like, uh, you know, after the fight, that thing Disgusting. was crinkled six different ways. It looked horrific. <laughs> And uh, Pat Barry's yelling, "You don't need a finger," and he's she's probably yeah. thinking like, "Well, I w- I would like one, you know, like that. This shit nice. hurts, bro. Like, but I don't know, man. I leave this fight kind of thinking, uh, like M- Manny just just there, right? Like I I don't get the she's not ex- at, at the UFC level. She has not really given us any sort of super highlight reel, you know, other than Tabitha Ritchie, where you know, and Victoria Leonard, like." Too late, you know? Exactly. It has been two whole years since she's finished anyone. 
And she's, you know, fought Myra Buena Silva, Jennifer Maya, Chukagian, like all unanimous decisions. She's dominating these girls, but yeah, I, I don't know. A win against someone smaller than you who's coming up in weight, even though she was a former champion and she's, you know, highly skilled, but she just, it seemed like Manny was able to use her size to her advantage. She wasn't going to be able to get taken down, uh, you know, the way Rose probably would be able to take him down if they were at the same, you know, say at 115, say, or something like that. I don't know. I just. To me, it's Blanchfield next, brother. Uh, that's yeah, uh, I, I think, we, we uh, talked about that before. After the Blanchfield fight, we have to see what Mannion's fight looks like. Uh, I'm um I'm I'm back. Blanchfield's next for the title, no matter what. I think. Uh, I think I, what I would love to see is Firo and Blanchfield for uh, fighting the winner of Shevchenko Grasso. Because uh, you know, if, if Shevchenko wins, do they run it back again? Because I don't you know, think so. No. Maybe in the future, right? Because yeah. Alexa Gross is not some older fighter that you're like, oh, great, we have to you know, have them fight again. But I think it's somebody you can have her fight like, I don't know, maybe Macy Bar. Honestly, I think what you would, what Dana would hope for is to get Valentina the belt back, have Alexa Grosso fight Macy Barber in a, in a nice rematch where I don't think they really like each other. Um, have Maybe have Blanchfield fight Shevchenko. I don't know what you would do with Firo. I just... Maybe have her fight Tyler Santos or Chuk. I think she already fought Chuk. Uh, maybe Andrade, somebody, somebody different. Uh, maybe Barber against Firo. Uh, just somebody different. I don't know, man. Firo is. Uh, I, I think she's good. I think she's solid, but I don't. I don't think she's great. I, I don't think she's really impressive. You know, she kind of just does her thing and fights her game, fights her style, and you know, kind of low volume, kind of low accuracy, uh, a lot of kicks, which I like. Like I like her style. It's very hard. Uh, to figure out, but I think more of the kicks this fight was was coming from Rose. Uh, I, I just it seemed who was bigger. It seemed obvious who was bigger and who was stronger. When Manon Firo hit Rose, she hurt her. Not really hurt her, but you know, marked her up in the first stung, round. She was it marked stung up. her more than it stung uh, Manny when she yeah. was getting hit. Manon, and you could hear Manon. You could hear the shots landing on Rose compared to when Rose would land on Manon Firo, and you, you know, couldn't really hear it. And I saw after the fight, Rose was um, very upset that Firo was talking about Rose is too small. She's like, I'm not too small, I'm not too small. So, uh, you know, also Trevor Whitman, notably, notably absent in the corner of Rose. Uh, not sure what's going on there. Maybe he's pulling out, pulling out his investment. Um, she tried to say something like, oh, it had something like Gaethje and them, they had their, their fight, she was going to go do her own thing or something like that. This this doesn't seem to make much sense here, though, Ty, does it? I mean... No, also, like, you know, again, like you said, you know, saying, hey, fuck, forget about your finger. Like, I, I, I kind of get, like, I kind of want to, um, you know, give him a pass because I remember uh, GSP fought, I forget who the fuck it was. Uh, was it Talos Latus or Johnny Hendricks? Somebody. He tore his groin, and Greg Jackson said, fuck that. Hit him with your groin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, basically yeah. trying to distract him or distract her Rose uh, from the injury, which I get, but also maybe just need a little bit better corner advice. Uh, I don't know. I think she just came up short every round. Daryl Ransom had a 30-27. I thought it was 29-28, maybe 30-27. If I remember correctly, I think it was the third round maybe that I gave the range, but also I... Okay. This fight kind of stunk, honestly. It did. You know, nothing really crazy happening. I mean, nobody got a takedown officially. Uh, they were kind of just, you know, pitter-pattering, dancing around. Um, I don't really know what, what Rose does from here. I mean, she moved up to a, a new weight class and lost. And, uh, you know, doing that this late in your career is kind of like a, des I don't want to say desperation move, but kind of a desperation move, you know. 
she obviously has the two wins over Wei Lee, but now she's lost two in a row and two very, very boring fights. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you get her in there? And just, maybe this was her warm-up for 125, and maybe you can be like, all right, we'll just give you um, – yeah, does she fight um, Macy Barber or Aaron Blanchfield or somebody next? I don't – Amanda Hebos, you know, like maybe – Casey uh, O'Neill or something like that. Yeah, Natalia Silva I don't think would be a, a good time for Rose. Never know, right? Same with Karini Silva. Um, maybe you give her a prospect to Rose and see what she can do from there. If she loses that, then you really have to ask questions about what um, her future holds. But yeah, I'm not really sure what, what to do next. But Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of... Uh, it's uh, always a sort of a desperate time for a former champion when they're moving weight classes. And, you know, the activity isn't exactly there. I don't know. I just... I don't really care though, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, I'm kind of either. good on Rose. It's that Esparza fight. I still have not forgiven her, and I probably won't because it's just it doesn't seem like she really wants to do this, and she's kind of being pushed by other people to do this because this is kind of just what she does. But yeah, she's like, getting injuries too, you know. So once that starts happening, man, it's just a free fall. You know, there's there's issues in the corner. You you always talk about how she just you can't you can't predict the mental state of her during fight week. So it's very hard to really know who she is and what she is at this point as a fighter uh, on a day-to-day basis, honestly, like it just changes like the weather. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't, you know, hate to be mean, but I don't really care. Like Thug Rose, you know, her aura was, aura, if you will, was, uh, was big, you know, when she beat Whaley, when she knocked her out, when she knocked out uh, Joanna twice or just beat her twice. But now, man, it's just you know, it's it's just not it's not what it was. So I mean, when when she knocked Wei Lee out like that, you kind of had a feeling going into that, like she like I I think I had her and said that, like it was she's gonna do something crazy here. Like you could tell yeah, back you then, kind of like knew. she was she was into it, like she was like ready to yeah. you know ready to go. And even in that last Asparza fight, it was just like. Like she, it doesn't seem like really anyone wanted to be there, you know. Like well, no. Carla's talking about getting married and stuff, and and also yeah, they're best. I, I believe Rose and Carla <coughs> are like really good friends, and, Car- and Rose, uh, Carla's wedding was a week later. I feel like there's like a an agreement, like hey, we're, we're just gonna not, not really fight much. I don't want you to to be bloody in your wedding. I want to be at your wedding. You know, they're good friends. They've been hanging out for a while now, so I feel like, and I never knew that until recently. So that that just makes me even more mad uh, at both of those women. That I have uh, not really had a history of being a fan of anyway. So there you go. Thank God that they uh, they had that Gaethje Oliveira fight on after that to kind of cleanse yeah. the palate a little bit because that was one of the worst nights ever of watching that bullshit. But yeah, uh, how about we get back into a Benoit Saint Denis, the God of friend War, of the podcast, friend baby. of the pod. He has won us some money many a time in the past. He by pure decimation just destroyed Tiago Moises and let me just say though Moises he took some serious beatings and even though the second I th- it was either the first or second uh cock kick was definitely clean he definitely yeah, just got kicked absolutely. right in his stomach and, and like was almost dropped and they kept the fight you know they stopped it and whatever much more clean than the one in the go we're gonna talk about first. that when we get into that I mean yeah. that also real quick uh, Cyril Gant's house was robbed in the middle of his fight. So very, it's, very fucked up to do. It's insane, um, but smart by the guy who robbed his house. So yeah, you, make you sure he's as far away be. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> they said it's, his house, house is like miles you. from the stadium where he was fighting at, and he's just getting his shit ran through while he's yeah. running through <laughs> Sergey Spivak. So, <laughs> hey, Tom, at least he got fifty k. A, a, a little bit to cover that, and I'm sure the insurance will cover the rest. So, 
Uh, good luck with Gon. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, he's going to need some insurance, Tiago Moises, because uh, ben- Benoit Saint-Denis, he, I mean, dude, I'm not kidding. We talk about this, we kind of mess around, but I'm being dead ass. I don't know how you get this man out of there, because he was he, getting hit hard, and he just kept moving forward. He zombies forward. He throws nuclear body kicks. He throws crazy leg kicks. He's just throwing straight lefts right down the chute. And if you happen to be there, it's going to rock your fucking world, man. Benoit is a problem, dude. Yeah, that's what, four finishes in a row now? So, um, also, Moises getting 50K for this. Uh, I'm not sure why. I mean, I you know, I guess he put up a decent fight and lasted a little bit and kind of landed a couple shots of his own, right? But yeah. not not many, not much. It's not like it went, you know, three rounds was a complete drag him out work. So I kind of didn't get that. But, um, man... Is, is, is Benoit on our Mount Rushmore, the, the hot tank, hot box Mount Rushmore? I think he might be, right? He's up there with I mean, Almeida, Al Pavlovich. Maybe, maybe Norma sneaks on. Dude, it's something about just like – it's my favorite bet in the world, Benoit Saint-Denis inside the distance. It's just you know you are going to get your money's worth. I mean he's finished every fight that he's ever won. So it's like it's – not only is it smart, but like – just the way in which the man fights. Even if he didn't finish a guy, I'd still bet it the next time and the time after that because if like it is just hell on wheels. There is fire coming your way the entire time, and not many people are going to be able to stand up to that. I knew Moises would not be able to stand up to it. The you know the more technical when I was watching a fight, people were like, "Well, I got Moises here." I'm like, "Listen, guys, this." You know, fade me everything else. This is the one I felt the most confident about going into the day because it's just yeah, it's just hell, man. Hell fighting BSD, the god of war. Yeah, he's just so fucking aggressive, and he, you know, he 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 mixes up really well. He goes those body kicks that he throws. Sometimes he throws low because it's it's very hard to you know not. But man, they are powerful, and like I think he has some solid cardio. I, I don't think he you know he's gonna go fifteen minutes and just be a. Uh, a warrior the whole time. I, I have a lot of questions about him still. You know, like I think he he puts himself out on the line to take punishment way too much, or way sure. too easily. But um, he is so strong, so fucking strong. Like Tiago Moises is not some bum. I mean, he went what, three, four rounds or at the distance with um. I think he finished the fourth against Islam. Yeah, so, that's cr- like Benoit Saint Denis did something to Tiago Moises that it took what ten more minutes ish. Uh, for Islam to do. Like, Islam Makachev, the best 155er in the world, arguably. Um, and Benoit, you know, maybe maybe Tiago Moises is on his way out, uh, especially now compared to that fight. But still, man, like, he kind of did. I, like, when the fight got stopped, I, I was looking. I was like, you know, he's not really hitting him much, I guess. But Tiago Moises is just done. Like, he is done. After, like, halfway through the first round, he looked like he was, you know, pretty much... Just he wanted nothing to do with this. Yeah, it's like it's. No. I, I don't like to use the word quit because it sounds so bad, but it's just like something clicked in his brain where he was like, "Bro, I'm not winning this fight. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting fucked up here, man. And this he guy's throwing to. bombs at my way. Yeah, he was. It's just, it's just a tough one, man. It's, a t- it's tough to be these guys. Like, I can't imagine the thought process when you're in there and you're standing in front of the god of war and he is just throwing <laughs> absolute missiles your way. And they hurt. He's not stopping. Yeah, they hurt, and he just keeps going. Exactly. And he's taking you down, and he's lacing your legs up. Then he's throwing fucking punches, and he's trying to submit you. He's trying to get your back. You're just trying to do everything right, and it just 
it just continually snowballs, and you are fucked after that. So he's a fucking hammer, man. I think he is one of the better prospects at 155. Well, you know, dude, it's, it's crazy. He's only 27. I'm older than him. I can't believe it. For some reason, he just he's just so fucking scary. And obviously, great nickname. He can become a French superstar. Uh, they can add him to their uh, growing list of uh, entertaining fighters, at the very least, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, keep. Cl- I don't think he's ranked now, which is kind of crazy, but he definitely should be, or at least close. I feel like he should be now, right? After beating Moises? Uh, I mean, you I don't, would know, if think, I don't know if they've updated the rankings or not, but uh, at lightweight, he's not he on here as of but now. But he should be. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, Diego Fajeda, I th- I'd say I'd yeah, take BSD over here. him. I'm not going to start disparaging anyone else, but that is... Talk about making somebody quit. Diego Ferrero quit against Benoit Sandini. Oh, my God. Please give me that fight. Let, you know, if you if you really don't believe in it, let's fight for your number, pal. Let's see what now, the deal what would be is. All, actually, it would be an interesting fight. Hanato Moicano and BSD. That would be fireworks. Holy shit. I think Moicano has some quit in him, but he has a lot more dog in him than Tiago Moicano. Where has so. he been? Mr. Moicano, Money Moicano, like Money He was supposed to fight. Um, he just he fought Riddell like a year ago, but uh, he was supposed to fight somebody else. Armin Saruki. Supposed to fight Saruki yes. in, in April. It's been since November of last year when when he yeah. fought. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shocking. Yeah, it was. I thought you would yeah, see more of him. I don't know. I, I felt oh, like I he was like on a high there. More, yeah, I mean after the RDA fight, remember he smoked uh, Alexander the Great, your boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, great win for BSD. Um, the crowd went crazy. He is he's he's just entertaining, man. He is all gas, no break. That's Matt. I think it's Matt Favola's Instagram. But that's Benoit Santini, man. All gas, no break. He's only seen the third round twice. Um, I, again, I don't like how he gets hit. You know, he gets he was marked up in this fight. I'm like, why the fuck did he even get hit? But there was a couple. You know, when he exchanges, he just he doesn't care. Um, but also, you know, the power wrestling game he has, he, he just, he's so strong and so aggressive and controlling that, I, I don't know, man, I, there's some tough matchups for him for sure, but bring him on. How about no time? Volkan had absolutely no time on Saturday, and he dispatched and took care of Mr. Guskov uh, very early on, uh, dollar store Anthony Smith uh, did not look good on Saturday night. He did not look UFC level. And there's no. probably a reason he wasn't in the UFC before this, and he probably should go back to not being in the <laughs> UFC after this. But uh, I mean, Vulcan looked good. He was he was hitting him. He was hitting him hard. He he ate some shots, which is something that has been a concern in the past from Vulcan because it seems like he gets hit a few times, and you're like, oh boy, like he just starts to melt. Uh, I still don't like Vulcan's gas tank because he seems to wither away the longer the fight goes on. But listen, he didn't need it this week. Uh, this week, he took care of business. Good win for uh for Volkan against Guskov, and that's kind of it. Uh yeah, I mean you saw. <laughs> I hope you saw whatever what I saw on, on on tape. Like all he does is throw that right hand. Yeah, but that's literally it. Um, he actually hit Volkan with a nice shot. I was like, oh shit! Like you know, as he he tested his chin, but he ate it. He ate it and went forward. Uh, so I mean that guy. <laughs> he had no knew idea. it was over once that thing landed, and he didn't go down. You're like, okay, like. Well, yeah. <laughs> That was, that was your one chance, buddy. Um, also, as soon as he went down to the ground, this guy, yeah, no idea what to do. No clue what um, what he's doing. Gets flattened out, choked out. I mean, he, he he tapped right as the choke was put in. He's like, oh, fuck this. I'm, I'm good. Um, I think he can, you know, 
he could probably beat a light heavyweight here because he's so volatile. There's a lot of not great ones, but not going to be a long career for Mr. Uh, Guskov. Does he have a nickname? What's his nickname? It was something. Uh, uh, you you read it the last time, and it meant something. Uh, I don't know. Who honestly? Who gives a fuck? Fuck that guy. I mean, <laughs> Sarnovich. Yeah, Sarverich. Sarvich. Yeah. I hope they the feed him the, the Volton. <laughs> Volcon the Volton. That would be impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm 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 all in on when Volter or whatever Valter gets back in there and uh, makes his <sighs> UFC debut, and the Walker lineage continues, but. Um, yeah, good win for Volkan. How about we got to get into a little bit of uh, referee discussion here? And this is uh, oh, man. something that seems to happen when they travel the world and a bunch of um, not worthy referees get in there. Because Loic Paura, your boy Loic. Yeah, Loic. Uh, you know, and that, that's this was his last fight of the night. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But, Thank God. Uh, he he should not have been in there anymore because he calls a fight over with two. What three minutes left in the fight? I think, yeah, it's 220 of the third round. A uh, body kick that was very clearly low. Yeah, like, yes. I don't understand why he didn't, like, look at the replay that was probably being played inside the building and say, ah, you know what, like, my bad. Like, I don't even know. There had to be a way for them to fix it, but he seemed like he was so certain that this that this was the right decision. He didn't even ask a question. He called that shit immediately. And then you look at the replay, and you're like, what in the fuck were you looking at, dude? Like, it's very obvious that he kicks his cup up into his stomach. And like that, and he does land on the stomach, but not he hit the cup first. Very, yeah. very easily stop the fight, you know, let the guy recover, and then continue. Gomi would have won anyway, more than likely. I mean, yeah, he was easily he was easily beating him, and that, it didn't really matter. But at the end of the day, that's a fucking horrible, horrible. Like you took you just took the fight out of these guys' hands, and it just yeah. ruined the entire like. It's uh, it's a Gomi win that should have been more like wow he looked really good he dominated but now we're sitting here talking about Loic and it's like it, it, the the fucking conversation is not about him so I just hate referees like this when they get these guys who have no fucking idea what they're doing what they're talking about they think they're so goddamn smart and it's just I really hope I never see this clown ever again so yeah um, I mean he didn't even he, he didn't say fight back he didn't say anything he just stopped the fight. And waved it off. Everyone's like confused. I was confused. I'm like, wait, are you waving off? Like, what are you doing? Is pretty much what I thought. Like, I was just so confused. Uh, you know, if it's if you think it wasn't low, then I, I feel like because we've seen that before. I think Mark Goddard fucked up, and missed a, a low blow, and he just told him to keep fighting. And that's what you have to do. Like, you have to tell the fighter. Like, if, if they try to take their own break and you're not going to give them one, you have to tell them like, hey keep fucking fighting or else this guy's going to come and kick you in the face while you're, you know, you turn your back to him. Um, and for him to just call it off right away without even thinking twice and without even saying anything to the fighter, I, I guess he just figured the fighter quit and he was going to call it. Like, I, I can't really get, and get behind thought, like, any. It, was it, am I wrong? Or like, did go me kind of like walk away and was kind of like, Oh, like, like he didn't like really. Yeah, like, he didn't know what to do. He didn't like, go after him. No, right? Like, and he and the refs yelling like, "Go, go!" And he's like, "Like, Gomi's like, nah." Like, you know, like he's kind of like not really. And then he like walked towards him, and then he stopped the fight. And it's like, well, and and Gimari was like, you know, like he was like, "Wait, I'm ready to go." Like he's like, "I just I got kicked in the sack," and they're like, "No, dude, the fight's yeah. over." He's like, "What?" Like, yeah, that uh, was terrible. That was absolutely a bit. I don't know if Dana White said anything about it. Um, I'm sure just knowing him, he probably would have fucking hated that guy or hated that and also hate that guy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much 
Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think of? So I saw a lot of um, a lot of differing opinions on GoMe, and um, I think I, I understand why some people are like, "Oh man, boring," and this and that. Do you think he has any potential at all? Because I, I I actually do. I want to hear what you think. Uh, you what do you mean? Like like could like one day be in the championship conversation potential or maybe like, just maybe just being a ranked fighter or potential to keep improving and who knows because he's so young he's 26 or 25 yeah, he's 26 um for me i love his i love his ability to shut down the other fighters offense uh we saw it in the francis marshall fight we saw it in this fight no it, it, he's just so awkward and so hard to deal with he's so big for 145 he's so long and he uses that distance really well. He kind of reminds me of a smaller Cyril Gaon. And they used to, I think, uh, Fernand Lopez called him a uh, featherweight Cyril Gaon. Um, is it, it is featherweight, right? Yes. Or is it, okay. I always fuck up featherweight and bantamweight. I don't know why. I always think feather means lighter than man. I don't know. Um, and honestly, dude, he is super fucking quick. Like, his, just his movement. He has these twi- his quick twitch muscles. And, like, he, he throws mainly kicks. But once, when he lets his hands go, when his boxing, you know, improves a lot, I think he's going to have really good hands because he's so fucking fast. His left hand out of the southpaw position comes at you quick. Um, he just, you know, he's very low volume. That's the that's the real issue I have with him. I think his ground game's getting getting better. I mean, he actually went on the offensive against Jarno Aaron's, um, and I, I just think his kickboxing is is so so good. I mean, he uses so many different kicks to just keep guys away. He's kind of like a better version of Manfiero, um, the way he uses those kicks and uses that kickboxing style. He's just so fast, lightning fast, great defense. Like I know he does a lot of you know movements that kind of. Uh, you know, I, I guess what I want to say is when he's moving away, like kind of getting out of there and circling out, he kind of keeps his head up straight in the air. Like he kind of has that tall man defense, but he always keeps his hand, one of his hands up. And he always keeps his hands up in general when he's striking. So I kind of like that a lot. There, there's some things with his game. I think, actually, you know, I think he has some potential at 145. I don't think 145 is this absolute killer division from 1 to 60 necessarily. I think there's ways for him to, you know, fight some boring fights and fight the Francis Marshalls and have some, you know, average performances. But his defense is amazing. Um, he actually has some submission attempts. And with those long arms, he could get a guillotine or a choke here and there, I think. It's possible. And I, I don't know. I just love his all around game. I, I don't love it. I like it though. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm with you. I think you listen. I think it, uh, something has to be said for how fucking big he is for 45. You know, so yeah. It's if he can make that weight comfortably, it looks like he's no problem as of now. You know, maybe in the future he might move, have to move up or something will have to change. But as of now, he looks great. He's got. It seems like he gets better every time he gets in there. His skill set just, you know, like you said, as a striker. He's very comfortable in there, and he's very, you know, he's competent in the grappling game. Like you said, he's even used it to his advantage in, in uh, certain fights. If you're telling me that uh, him and Alex Caceres are the number 14 guy are getting in there, I'm going to take Gomi at this point because Gomi's yeah, shown me enough absolutely. that he's, you know, he's growing, he's getting better, and uh, I'm going to stop doubting him basically is what uh, I need to do. And, you know, he's got three straight, you know, three UFC wins. He's been in there three times. He's won all three. So... Tough to do. Tough. To, I think it's understated how hard it is to be a 500 fighter in the UFC in general. You yeah. know, um, and yeah, I mean, I think his his uh, his volumes output in the first two fights not great. You know, but I think in this fight he almost doubled uh, his last fight. So, and this ended before it went the uh, final bell. So, uh, and slight improvements. Slight improvements. Obviously, he's 
probably pretty new to MMA in general, like most French fighters are. So uh, I think he's also with Fernand Lopez. I'm not sure at MMA Factory. I was talking a lot of shit on them, but they have some solid, some solid guys, man. A lot of talent too. Imavov, uh, Imavov's brother, is pretty good too. So um, this yeah, um, list that we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit, Taylor. You know, I like him there. too. I like him. I think they had three back to back to back fighters: Laplace, Charrier, and Gomi. I'm not too sure about Charrier, but I thought he trained with. I thought he was really good friends with um, one of these two. I, I just forget. There's so many of them. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of which, Morgan Charrier, 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 however you'd like to say it, but he finishes your cousin, Manolo Zucchini, uh, gets him out of there in the first round. 351 with body kick. He was just throwing absolutely bomb body kicks. Those out. are scary. Fucking scary. You could hear the sound of them hitting. You knew Zucchini was after, up against it, man. The the one after the one that put him down. That yeah. was just rude. That yeah, was just mean. Like what? He like popped back up or something and like just and then went got, back down. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, oh, Jesus, dude. That was. <laughs> and we're yelling, stop the fight. Stop it. Yeah. I mean, this guy's got internal bleeding, probably. Um,. Yeah, that was impressive. Charcuterie looked uh, good the last pyre. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think this card, it really made me miss Joe Martinez. But anyway. Oh, come on, um, man. Um, anyway, first buffer. Look, he looked good. I like, He looked good in his white and black uh, he's better little than, number that he had. He, he's, no, si- he's simply better he's than Joe worse. Martinez. No. The guy on the Contender Series is also better. But anyway. Um, no, that guy sucks. He, <laughs> do you remember, wait, last week, did you did – you, Catch uh, the guy, the heavyweights. So the guy's name was Thomas Peterson. They called him Thomas Jefferson. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, I did see that. Oh my God! They said Thomas Jefferson, and then he gets and he screams Peterson, but he's laughing about it. And I was like, Jesus, man. <laughs> how the hell do you call him Thomas Jefferson? I mean, are we just you know running it back to the to the old days? Is that what we're doing? I don't. Know. You want to talk about a fight that sucked? That fight was horrible, man. That, yeah, I mean, that, that, two fat know, Mr. Chandler Cole. Yeah, Mr. Chandler Cole does not have a high, uh, a high future. I would say a bright future, if you will. But um, yeah, uh, Morgan Charrier looks really good. I mean, you know, again, those his record will fool you, right? Nine nine losses, <clears throat> but a lot of experience. I think he's still young too, so um, kind of like Natalia Silva. Uh, you know, a lot of losses, and you're like, well, I don't know, I don't know what that means. Uh, but you see a completely different fighter um, than any of those fights. So Morgan Charrier, good kicks, um, quick. Just uh, he looks like a pretty solid all-around fighter. So I'm here for it. The last pirate. That's the good thing about the UFC is that they don't really just look at the surface like, oh, he's 19 and nine. Like you know, okay, like we, he's got tons of losses. I don't want him. Like you go and you look at like you said some of the people he's fought. And the the you know in being in Cage Warriors he he's been through that experience and like he's, he's only it's only gonna make him better having gone through all those and he has like you know he's fight he's twenty seven he's fighting a guy in Zucchini who's a year younger than him and he has a bunch more fights than him so it just yeah. you know it only can be good things for him you know other than you know if he was getting brutally knocked out in all these fights then that would be right bad. eight decision but, losses yeah exactly like, that's so cra- you know obviously not great but you'd rather see that than eight knock. So. Yeah, well, if it was eight knockout losses, he definitely probably wouldn't be here. So that's like, <laughs> it's good. It's it's a good thing though. So uh, Taylor Lapilus, I don't know if you say if I say Lapilou, Lapilus, Lapilus, uh, he takes out uh, Kalen Brokerin, who that guy. <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, he not that good, man. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, he no. is it like you said? You you kind of gave the breakdown perfectly. Little bit of a keg, you know. He's a he's a like a thick, small thick human. 
All right, he's yeah, he's ready for the wrestling, but he can't really take you down, and he doesn't really move his head, so he takes serious damage. Um, you know, he made this fight uncomfortable for Lapulus at, at times, but he really never ground. got close to. Yeah, I mean, it was just boring. He never really got close to doing anything. He kind of would just towards the second half of this fight, lean him up against the cage and not do anything. And you can tell, especially in a place like this, they ain't giving you the fight off that, man. Uh, Hell no. Because, uh, you know, Jocelyn Edwards did way more uh, damage than him, and he she lost all three rounds on two scorecards. So, um, which is insane. We'll get into that. But, I mean, not really much to say other than kind of just a, uh, just a uh, blowout here in this one. Yeah, pretty much. I think he won uh, the first and third. I. I guess that makes sense. Uh, Lofgren had a pretty decent second round. It's the only time he got a, a takedown. Well, I actually got one the first, but uh, I think Laplace got right up. The second second round, he kind of controlled him for a little bit. Started catching some of the boobers. Uh, something that Lofgren does is really odd. He just stands in front of you. Yeah. Like sometimes it'll be like freeze frame. Mitch McConnell, he'll just be standing in front of you. <laughs> Frozen like Elsa. And I'm like... Hey, Mitch, like, what, come this way. Come on, Mitch. What, Mitch, come on. What... Like, what's he going to do when somebody just explodes towards him? Like, I don't know. He has a really weird style. Also, there's a lot of times where he, like, exits and exits from, like, a, a striking exchange. And it kind of looks like he got hurt the way he, he shifts his body. I, it's hard to explain. He's a very awkward fighter. Just aesthetically watching him, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. And he's, you know, he's going on this uh, fuck you French tour and, and trolling the whole the whole country. And then he comes out and doesn't even fight that way. Like... What are you doing, bro? This is not the new era of the Irish fighters, I assume, that Mr. Ian Gary Machado was talking about. Yeah, it, it was just a joke. That that shit was... Uh, I, don't, I, just, I guess I expected more. It's not really too much about him, but just more the fact that I thought he was going to be able to get the wrestling going and kind of, I don't know, just throw a little bit more power his way. I just... I don't know. I expected yeah, he didn't more. as much as he usually does. No, that's the thing. It was just it, weird. Well, he was getting hit, and that's. I think yeah. he was like you. Like I'm get this hurts. Like I'm gonna get out of here. So yeah, Lapos is a, a savvy vet for sure. Hey, uh, those Ferdinand Lopez guys. I'm uh, turning the corner on them. I'm I'm not hating on them as much as I used to because I can't yeah, stand him. He he does piss me off, but just like Bearman, you know, we don't really like Bearman. He's gonna be uh, cornering six fighters on 293, which is crazy, crazy. Uh, output and work for him to just be in the corner also the night before he's gone to a um a big kick kickboxing event in australia and cornering some guys there so the work rate for eugene bearman and fernand lopez is picking up yeah uh co- coach always works hard and coach always lets you know that he's working hard and that he's say uh, Saud, you know he's gonna do an interview for you where he talks shit about your opponent oh, and, yeah, and yeah. you know that's that's always make excuses for your loss yeah you know, there's the always stuff yards. like that and, and then he'll say that he doesn't want you know this guy isn't worthy and he's making all the the you know, call it pisses me off but uh you know he is a good coach though he's you can't you can't take that away from yeah, him he's, uh he's he's done a lot but uh how about Anz Lusa taking care of Reese McKee Reese zombie McKee um <laughs> Hey, listen. You know, I—I'll be honest. Didn't pay attention to this all that much. Didn't care. But uh, if you have some things to say about it, then by all means. Um. Yeah. Michael Bisping kept calling him the Irish Zombie. I'm like, is that even his nickname? I feel like he doesn't want to be called that. Um. I think Angelusa almost had him out of there in the second. Did he get a 10-8? He did not. Um. He almost had. Him. Also, at the end of the third round, Reese McKee almost got Angelusa out of there. He almost finished him. Uh, like with like five, I think ten. Like the last twenty seconds of the fight, he was chasing Angelusa down. Like Angelusa was tired, and then he got hit a couple times. And McKee was like, "Bet this is my time to, you know, 
try to steal this win, uh, and he couldn't. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think much has changed with him. I think I, I think we talked about that before. Like when he left the UFC, he went over and and beat up a bunch of guys in cage warriors that weren't really good. You know, like I, and also he went to like the third and fourth round with most of them. Um, and he's still getting in these, you know, drag him out slugfests that, uh, you know, eventually he's not going to be able to get into. You know, I mean, how how long can you get away with doing that and just letting somebody, you know, beat the fuck out of you before you know you you pull off this miraculous comeback? And you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's not it's not a great style. It's not. It's definitely entertaining, but uh, I feel like he he should be using his his length, his reach, his, some of his skills, some of his um. Attributes like what is he six two with a seventy eight inch reach? Yeah, uh, Angelus is five ten with a seventy four inch reach. So, um, you know, he definitely has some some gifts. You, you should say, um, I could say, but I just don't know, man. I don't, I don't think he um, he's more grit and tough than anything else, and that's just it's not going to get you far, man. Yeah, that's never like the thing that you should hang your hat on. Like, oh, well, this guy really can take a punch, uh, and, he, and he bounces back. That's not a recipe for success yeah. at the UFC level. So, yeah, uh, yeah, good. Maybe in Cage Warriors. Yeah, I'm just surprised he made it through this fight. Uh, I, I really could have. Uh, this was a fight I had no bet going into it. Could have cared less. Wish I just took the Angelusa uh, decision, but it seems like that would have been a terrifyingly. Yeah, scary bet to have because you were just especially at the end of the third. That was great. I thought he was going to lose. Honestly, I thought he was going to get dropped and just die. But how about Nora? Good one for him. Nora Cornhole or Cornhole or Cornholio or there was a lot of names <laughs> being thrown around by for her. She fought Jocelyn Edwards. She wins a unanimous decision. Thirty twenty sevens on a few cards. Uh, how much control time did Jocelyn Edwards have in this fight? Um, I believe. She had eight minutes and forty-two seconds. Okay, so she wins all three rounds off that. You know, like that. She had more, more than half the fight. She was in control, and I'm not saying that wins you the fight, let right. alone, but, but it should win you a round. round. Yeah, right. Am, am <laughs> I, is is it third. that that crazy to win a fucking round? And and Cornell, she threw hard, and you know, Jocelyn Edwards isn't that good. We went kind of like talked about that going into this, but neither is she. Cornell's not no. that good either. So after I after the first round, she had nothing. This, really? this was kind of disgusting. Uh, I felt gross after uh, watching this. And, did you have to take a shower? Yeah, I, did, I actually did. And I I just can't believe that that's the ju- – like, who were the judges? Have we ever heard of them before? Clemens Werner, Damian Gluski, and Ben Carlich. I heard of uh, Werner and Carlich, but not Gluski. Werner's the only one to give towards a round. He gave her the second, which I – I mean, she was minus 200 going into the third round – uh, per Vegas, she so was minus like seven hundred going into the decision. Wow! On Fanduel, I, I looked at it when I was sitting there on the That's app. I'm like, crazy. oh, okay, we're good. Uh, the media scores were split uh, a little bit more, leaning towards Edwards, twenty nine, twenty eight. But nobody, not one media uh, judge, if you will, had a thirty twenty seven for Nora Cornell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I what did she do after the first round? Is what I want to know. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I watched this whole one. I was locked in on this one. That's probably uh, now it makes sense. That's why Jeez. I didn't watch the Angelusa fight because I was so distraught after this one that I just I thought about not watching the rest of the card. And yeah, it's one of those fights. Like you look at the the strike numbers, you're like, oh, forty to twenty total strikes for Corno in the f- third round, twenty to seven significant. That must meant that she won. But she got controlled for almost three minutes of the third. Um, she almost got put in a rear naked choke. 
she got a reversal, but that was really it. The second round, she got taken down three times. She kept getting like uh, head, head and arm judo tossed, you know, and yeah. dragged to the ground. She kept it kept happening, and uh, you know, Edwards wasn't really doing much with that. You know, I, I wish she would have had more ground and pound, and and um, yeah, she kind of lost her position a couple times. She slid off the back the once. She got reversed a couple times, but I mean, she controlled her, you know. And I thought the striking, uh, I, I thought it was kind of even. Uh, you know, I, th- I think Cornell was probably doing better, but you know, she wasn't really um, edging her out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. So, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what I'm watching. Yeah, sometimes it, it does feel like that. You get done, you're like, okay, I literally have no idea what I'm watching. I don't even know yeah. how to judge a fight anymore. So I should just kind of like, uh, I, hey, man, when I was sitting there betting college football this weekend, I realized how much easier it is to bet that shit when it, than it is to bet the UFC because the UFC is just such a fucking high wire, you know, the people are shooting fucking cannonballs at you while you're while you're trying to fucking bounce. It's just anything can happen. There's so much shit you don't yeah. know going into these fights and there's uh, like it's decided in 15 minutes uh, of who is the best and who's not and it's in those 15 like it's just there's only one person that you're counting on it is just really brutal, man, but uh hey, the, hey what what are you going to do? Nor Cornell you bet disagrees with your take there so yeah well just saying that's uh i, yeah. I told anyway, you that beforehand that was anyway. not a good move but uh mr basharat this farid basharat gets the arm triangle of Clayton rodriguez i thought we were going to at least get out of the first round here uh basharat nope. uh you know didn't really want to stand with him all that much which i don't blame him he was kind of going for those takedowns and Clayton was getting up but also then he I believe what? How did this, this fight end? He kind of tried to like reshoot or something. Or he, he just, he just, uh, if I remember correctly, Bashrat was on top the whole time, and then I think he just let him get him out, and then he slid over and got the arm triangle. Like, he was waiting. Bashrat was patiently waiting for something to open up, and then he pretty much his his, his guard just opened when he was inside control, and he just do do hopped right over and put that bitch in. I mean, he had it quick, quick. Yeah. He was he's very patient, very patient. The Bashra brothers, man, they're both awesome, I think. I'm a big fan of both. I can't tell who's better. I thought Javid, Javid, is it Javid? Yeah. Okay, I thought he was better. Uh, but now after watching Fareed, I'm like, no, maybe he's better. So really excited to see what both of them can do. This was just qu- – I mean, Clayton Rodriguez is, is a pretty good hammer, but uh, not, a, got, not a good nail. Moving up did not help his, his uh, cause either. He also looked like he was already out of breath uh, midway through the first round, so – not a good look for Mr. Claydenson. I'd like to see Farid against somebody who's kind of more, I don't know, higher up on the totem pole than uh, Claydenson. Yeah, it's not very obvious. Claydenson probably shouldn't uh, be here. Uh, I, I know that's yeah. always uh, a tough conversation to have, but it's just, I mean, one and two, his one win and wins against Shannon Ross, and he shouldn't be there either. So, I mean, if he even is still there, I mean, he, he got knocked out three consecutive times. Uh, yeah, know. badly. Multiple yeah. shadow realm trips. Br- brutality. Uh, you know that's that's what those were. But uh, yeah, uh, good win for Fareed. Don't want to take it away from him. How about Jacqueline Cavalcanti? She took care of business against Zara Fern. Uh, Zara Fern. 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 Who cares? Fern. Barn. Doesn't really matter. She looked horrible, and her her corner was yelling at her like, "We need more. We need more." And she just kind of kept walking forward and getting her face jabbed off and her, and her leg kicked off. And that was that. This really was not a competitive fight whatsoever, and it was boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it shouldn't, uh, not horribly boring, but it was just really non-competitive, I guess I should say. 
Yeah, in the first round, Zarafarin was 5 of 86 on strikes. 10 of 80 in the second, 24 of 93 in the third. Just abysmal. She was beating output. the shit out of that air, bro. Like, she really, but she, you <laughs> she could tell. She almost 10 the air. Yeah, she, she wasn't coming the, close to hitting her. In the best of Macy Barber and Kaylin Chukagian, they would be they would be proud of the performance she put on. Uh, Andrea Lee, too. She likes to hit air a lot. Like, Ronda Rousey's a big air puncher. So, um, yeah, just, you know, I mean, this chick's what? 40. She's 0 4 in the UFC. Uh, they don't even really have a weight class for her because she's up and down. So it appears she's going to be, uh, if she hasn't already, she's probably going to get the axe, if you will. Let's look at the UFC roster watch because it might have already happened. It is not. Damn. They're usually quick. Sometimes I guess they don't. They probably gave it a little bit. It's the holiday weekend. They didn't want to get too into it. But yeah, no, she's gone. Uh, and she should be. And I'd like to see Cavalcanti against, I don't know what weight class she actually is or what she plans on fighting at. But uh, I'll be curious to see what she looks like in her next fight. And Also, I, the I UFC, really uh, much, but. yeah, neither, I don't think. We'll, we'll see. The Portuguese wonder, maybe. Uh, um, the UFC also added Landon Quinones to the UFC. So get brutally smoked on the Ultimate Fighter and you get a contract, I guess, is what. Uh, <laughs> Who did he lose to there? Um, let's see. He was just his past season, right? Yeah, I believe he lost to Jason Knight in like a minute. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah uh, he actually fought after. Down, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he actually won it. He won a grappling match after that. He's fighting Nazrat, Hackbrast. So I don't think that's going to go well for Mr. Thanks Kinones, for coming. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks for showing up on the short notice. He'll be uh, he'll be on the roster watch soon enough. But uh, how about that was UFC Paris? Hopefully we don't go back there until next year. So that I can just make it a yearly thing, right? Or yeah. I'll just bet f- French fighters the entire time because if they go to decision, <laughs> they're just going to give it to the French fighter. But uh, you know what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Gone wins fifty thousand, uh, rightfully so. Uh, Benoit and uh, Tiago both get fifty thousand. We talk about that. It's just like okay, it's a little questionable. And uh, yeah. Mr. Charcuterie, Charrier, he gets $50,000 for his performance over Manolo Zucchini. So uh, Manolo. Your, your cousin helped somebody make some money this weekend. That's not a bad night. Before not we get out of here, Ty, I'd like to talk about the contender series that is tonight. Hopefully you people, when you listen to this, you can either tell, like, sit here and say, wow, they were right, or wow, these guys are morons. So uh, is there anything sure. on this card that you like uh, off the rip? I think. Also, William Gomi, our boy, training with Freddie Roach in L.A. Forgot to mention that, so I loved seeing that. Yeah. Um. Um. Let's let's see. I like Ramon Tavares. I think he's plus one seventy five against Serhi Saidi. Um, I believe Saidi is from BFL, just like uh, Kyo Machado and Mateo Vogel. And also, his only loss is to Mateo Vogel. He was out grappled. He's the striking coach. Mister Saidi is at his gym. I don't know what gym it is. Some small gym in Ontario, I think. So, hey, red flag, right? Ramon Tavares, our boy, he is a really smooth boxer. Really just good hands, good power. His nickname is, his nickname is The Savage. He's training, fighting out of Jacksonville. I believe that's where, uh, I don't know if it's a sh- Extreme Couture or what. It's one of those big camps is in Jacksonville. I just forget where or who. Um, but he's, he's in the States. He's in Florida. Trey hasn't really beaten anybody, right? Charles Bennett. Crazy horse. He beat him recently. I can't believe that guy's still fucking fighting. Oh, my God. He's like 47 just saying, you know, I'm going to fuck somebody up or they're going to fuck me up. Usually it's 
yeah, uh, the latter, yeah. but uh, he has a win over Martin Day, which you know might as well be equivalent to a regional scene fighter. But hey, it's it's a guy who has UFC experience, right? Um, I like Mister Tavares. I think the way to beat him is probably to out grapple him or to you know throw some leg kicks. And I don't think Saidi is that kind of guy. I think they just have similar styles. And Tavares has seemed much more impressive from what I've seen. I, again. Uh, yeah, for the record, film, I would just like to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you can no, see good. this guy, Sidi's dick on the tapology. <laughs> like you can just see his cock and balls right in his picture. <laughs> so I just, I just, I just noticed. Yeah. So, uh, that's good. Well, I, I clicked they, it and I'm like, face. there's, there's a cock and balls right in my face here on the, on my screen. <laughs> so I had to get out of there, but yeah, listen, we're fading that guy tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're fading cock and balls. I mean, plus 150 is what Tavares is now. Uh, he was at plus 175, so I kind of like that. I'm trying to look for another underdog. I like Mr. Chad Hanicum from South Africa, another South American, South American, South African fighter. I do like Kevin Vallejos. He's minus 200, though. Uh, I think Kevin Vallejos inside the distance is probably the move. Um so yeah, I'm probably gonna parlay a couple of these people. Bruno Lopez in the main event. That guy's that guy's really good. I feel like he should be in the he could be in the UFC against maybe lower level light heavyweights, but he could definitely be there now. He's like a tri- he. Uh, what what do he where do he win? He was the LFA uh, light heavyweight champ. Then he was the Thunder Fight heavyweight champ. He was the Jungle Fight heavyweight champ. So he's got uh he's got all three of them, baby. So yeah, there it is. You, UFC the Contender Series is, is tonight. Tuesday night, yep. have, uh, we have a five, full, fights. five fight card. I saw the one lady Looks was pretty pregnant, good. so she got oh, taken man. off the card. That's not, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. I don't think you can fight like that. No, nah, yeah, they did a blood test. They're like, bro, you know you got a baby in you? She was like, That's what? insane. So, yeah, so I guess she's not fighting tonight. Uh, good, good, good on her. <laughs> Thank but, Christ. Um, yeah, I'm in, I like the Ramon Tavares bet, um, like, not just because of cock and balls, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't, this guy, Budka, uh, that you're the guy from like South Africa's fight. I don't like his appearance either. Yeah, uh, I his think... name is the Mindless Hulk, which means he doesn't think all that much. So, uh, yeah, seems like that, a lot of wrestling, and uh, you see the guys he's fought and beat. It's not really. He's uh, from what I remember, he has cardio and toughness. So you know, not things that might going, right? that might work. That works <laughs> at this level. It could work on the Contender Series. You never know. You get real floppy on the Contender Series as long as DC is not doing the fights. I can't get away from that guy. It used to be Felder, Senko, and what the fuck's the other guy they call? I, I like him a lot. He's like the John Anik of the Contender Series. Oh, now. the old uh, Brandon Fitzgerald. No, well, sometimes yeah, but they have another guy. They call him. What do they call him? Oh, man, he's pretty good. He's just not always on there. Wait, let's see if I can get his name. Oh, I can't. I don't know. It's going to bother me a lot. So I'm going to look it up. Contender Series, play by play. Um, there's like a, a, a shortened version of his name that, that DC keeps calling him. And I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, that uh, there was some boxing. No, it's, it, it, it will be. I'm going to try to find it. But, um, there was some boxing. Uh, our boy, he got it back in blood. Yeah, he did. Chris Eubank Jr. said, fuck all that noise. And he beat the shit out of Joe Smith. Liam Smith, I'm sorry. Um, right, was it Liam? Or is yeah. it Joe? Okay, I never know. There's two. There's 500 Smiths in that family of boxing of boxers, but he said, "No, no, not this time. I'm not going down this time." He beat the shit out of um, Liam Smith, finishing him off, dusting him off in the 12th round. He pretty much took over. I mean, I mean, he, I want to say he took over from the right off the jump, but the third, fourth rounds where he took uh, picked it up, he knocked him down. I don't know how many times after that. I think maybe twice. And uh, I mean, he just smoked him. 
Uh, he was landing a jab pretty well uh, in the later rounds, and he was just he was just better. It's funny because in the first fight, I think he was, um, I think he might have been. I mean, it was only a couple rounds, but I think he might have been pointing him out and whatnot. But and then he just got knocked the fuck out. Um, Dan Helly was the guy's name. And he calls him Hellcat, I believe, is what Daniel Cormier calls him. Hellcat. Um, Dan Helly. He's pretty good. But you thought I wasn't going to find it, so joke's on you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Chris Eubank Jr. gets it back in blood. I don't know if they're going to run it back. Yeah, I mean, they might as well. I think what they should do is Chris Eubank Jr. and the fella that tested positive for 500 different drugs. Can't, I can't remember his name. They were supposed to fight. Their dads fought. Let's see. Um... Uh, Steroids. I forget his name. Shout out to steroids. Connor, Connor Ben, Nigel Ben's son. Hopefully they can work that out, even though Nigel Ben's a lot bigger than him. But Chris Eubank Jr. with the win. Also, I don't think there's much more boxing, but there is a Shakur Stevenson. Looks like a next fight. Frank Martin. That's going to be a banger. I think he's going to beat him, but Frank Martin's very good, very quick. Um, and it looks like that's next. Also, uh, Tank and Isak Cruz, for whatever reason are going to run it back. So that's that's something, I guess. And also, Andy Ruiz, he said, I want to fight Deontay Wilder. Everyone's like, sure, yeah, we can do that. He said he wants $10 million. $10 million Andy Ruiz wants to fight Deontay Wilder. So that Don't will not probably happen. Yeah. That probably will not be happening. So that's about all I have for the boxing roundup. I don't think there's really anything this week. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything at all. So... September's going to pick up, but not till the uh, you know the end of the month when we get Charlo Canelo and a couple other good little little scraps. And we will have UFC two ninety was that two ninety three this upcoming week? Uh, yeah, that one's going to be. Yeah, this one's going to be great. just pretty much dissimilar to this last card. It's going to be really tough to bet, man. There's going to be a lot of unknowns and you know, not necessarily like we, I think we'll know these fighters more than we knew some of the people we were betting on last week, but just not a lot of uh, like great fights that we're going to say, wow, like I can't believe that this, you know, what a banger, I mean, what a sneaky listen, fight, you know, this is going to kind of be a little slow, man. Yeah. Let's start in the main card off with Tyson Pedro and Anton Tercali. And then right after going to Justin Toppa, Austin Lane, that's not the best way to start a pay review. No. I don't think. I could be wrong. Like, Carlos, Carlos Olberg is the headliner for the prelims. I think you absolutely put that handsome fella on the main card. Absolutely. Jack Jenkins, Chepe Mariscal, same thing. Um, after that, you know, Blood Diamond's three and two. Uh, you know, he's Blood Diamond again. So, uh, I don't know what's going on with his name, but Shane Young, for whatever reason, is back in here. The first fight on this card, I don't know who either of these guys are. Your boy Kiefer, your cousin Kiefer Crosby. Mike Matheta. Uh, yeah, that's him. He's fighting Charlie Radke. I believe Mike he's a Diamond. for the Twins. <laughs> Mike Diamond. Blood Mathetta. Blood Mike. Mike Blood. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Now, this Mike is, Diamond, get back in the cage. There are yeah, some good know. fights, like you said. Like Even Manel Cop's getting in there. Uh, what, yeah, he's trying to kill somebody, I think. But Felipe Dos Santos, who is on uh, Lipe de Tonya, he is, uh, I think he was supposed to be in the Contender Series. Um... Or maybe he, was. he wasn't. No, I thought, no, he was. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I thought he was supposed to be in the Contender Series, and then either was it Chavez got the UFC call, or his other, the opponent he was supposed to fight pulled out. I forget. He's One of supposed two. to be fighting this week on the Contender Series, uh, I yeah. believe. Or at least, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like he was, but it doesn't say it on here. But And then, you know, you have the co-main, Ty Toivasa and Alexander Volkanov. I, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing with that. So that's kind of, um, 
that's kind of just there. But that's the domain. So I'm not excited about this okay. 293 card really at all. Uh, yes. You know, I don't know. What do you fight three weeks know. ago? Okay, that's what it was. The that's guy right. he fought boxed his weight cut wasn't even close. Uh, <laughs> That'll do it. And he had two different opponents before that. They both pulled out. So it's just kind of. So uh, now he's and one in. got signed to the UFC. So I don't know how that. Charles, works. yes. Yeah. So. Uh, and then shout he got out smoked by Atara. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. So Manel Cop going from Kai Car Fronts to a seven and zero guy who was supposed to be in the contender series. I feel like he's probably going to win, but you never know. This guy, he's undefeated and he's pretty. Uh, he looks to be pretty good, but. It's only twenty two. It looks around. like he might get murdered. Uh, yeah. But shoot the box, Diego Lima. There you go. Those are scary f- fellows over there. They are. Uh, I'm gonna have a tough time betting against uh, him, just because <laughs> those guys don't fuck around, man. They. John McDessy, I thought he retired, so he's on this card also. What you there you do? go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have a full breakdown of all of this. Come <laughs> come this weekend, you will have it. You will have everything you need to know going into this uh, star-studded event. Uh, this Saturday evening, uh, I am excited about the main event just because I just well, it'll be nice to see Strickland get knocked out if that's the the case. But also, Cage Warriors this weekend. I know you're excited about that. I know. Well, Wilson obviously, Hayes. you know who the main event is. I <laughs> gonna love this. It's Wilson Hayes. You remember Wilson Hayes, right? Yeah, he's facing off against. Don't call it a comeback. Five star Trevin Jones, baby. Get the fuck. Yeah. Out of here. <laughs> Wow. They're going to be fighting in San Diego. Um, wow, Cage Warriors 159. crazy. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you, think I would, you think I would kid? I don't kid. But, um, yeah, that's happening. So we'll see if Trevor Jones can get back to his winning ways, if he even has those. Uh, Six months night. after his uh, tough-fought loss to Cody Carbrand. <laughs> oh, Just man. terrible. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't even care. His one strike landed at the end of the fight. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. Ty Capone, always happy to join my brother, Matt. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you hydrate, always drink your water, and please say your prayers, and always, always eat your vitamins.